in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Texas leaders are going to share just how much money they have to spend later today. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. I'm Erica Brennis. The biennial review estimate reports how much money the state has as lawmakers work on the 2024-2025 state budget. Comptroller Glenn Hager previously estimated the state would have a record $27 billion surplus, but he's hinted it could be much more. Governor Greg Abbott, along with other state leaders, previously called for using much of the surplus to go toward property tax cuts. A virtual news conference is going to be held later this afternoon at 2. There you can submit your questions for the Comptroller following the presentation. Lawmakers will return to the state capitol tomorrow to start the next legislative session. A bill being discussed during tomorrow's legislative session could make animal care facilities safer. A Texas lawmaker reintroducing the bill to strengthen fire suppression systems after a 2021 tragedy at a Georgetown pet facility. State Representative James Tallarico filed the initial version of this bill after a fire killed 75 animals at Georgetown's Ponderosa Pet Resort in September 2021. Firefighters reported that no one was at the boarding facility when that happened. The legislation would require kennel owners in Texas to either install and maintain a smoke detection system in each of its buildings or guarantee that an employee will remain on the site at all times when animals are boarded there. It would also make it a misdemeanor for violating the requirements in that proposal. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Monday morning. Hopefully you had a great weekend. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Appreciate those listening to our podcast. I'll tell you what, I'm showing you radar to uh, not necessarily show you anything in the way of rain, but the satellite's picking up cloud cover, and this is going to be something you will notice on your way out the door this morning. Over the next few hours, we'll be watching for these clouds. Live look outside from our Ewell Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown. There's nothing down at the ground. Fog, not an issue this morning. Got clear skies up there in Williamson. County as far as what's hugging the ground, but that will change once we get into tomorrow. Fog likely to be more of an issue for us middle of this week. 45 degrees this morning. It's a chilly start to the day, not only here in Austin, but everywhere you look. Upper 30s to low 40s out west. We've got those 40s mainly in our eastern counties here. Georgetown 39, 48, Bastrop 46, Dripping Springs. Temperatures near 40 degrees in Fredericksburg. Now from those 30s and 40s, we are on our way to the 60s around lunchtime. Forecast high today. 70 degrees. As we get further into the day, the clouds disappear. The sunshine becomes more prominent. We are not expected to see rain today. However, a little bit of rain chance coming in Wednesday night into Thursday morning. That is going to mark the arrival of our next cold front. We'll talk about those impacts here coming up in about 10 minutes. Tom. Thank you, Kristen. President Joe Biden is in Mexico City today. He's attending the North American Leader Summit, where he'll be joined by Mexico's president and the Canadian prime minister. The three will discuss migration issues, climate change, manufacturing, trade, and the economy. This is after Biden visited El Paso and the border yesterday. He toured sections of the border wall, visited a migrant services center, and met with border officials. KXAN's Alexander Limon has reaction from other leaders and lawmakers. President Biden's visit to the border comes as he heads to Mexico to meet with President Andres Manuel López Obrador on Monday. 
For the first time since becoming president, Biden went to the U.S.-Mexico border. The border visit was received by criticism from all sides. This is nothing but for show unless it begins to enforce the immigration laws. Republicans say the huge numbers of migrants arriving at the border are overwhelming border agencies and cities, and they blame Biden's policies. Well, you see these images a couple weeks ago of hundreds of people in a cell. That is a policy challenge. This week, President Biden announced new policies, including an expansion of a process to allow 30,000 additional migrants per month into the United States from four countries, Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. President Biden also announced he's expanding Title 42 to allow for faster removal of migrants who don't qualify to stay in the U.S. And he said there will be new penalties for people trying to cross the border illegally. I'm a staunch opponent of Title 42. In fact, I think Title 42 is the reason why uh, those encounter numbers are so high, because people kept trying over and over and over again. I think it also helped fuel the human trafficking. Progressive lawmakers and groups were blindsided by the expansion of Title 42, since Biden had promised to eliminate that Trump-era border policy. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and other officials are on the defensive about border issues. We are dealing within a broken immigration system that Congress has failed to repair for decades. Even when Democrats were in control of both chambers of Congress and the presidency, they were unable to pass a comprehensive immigration reform package. In fact, Congress has been unable to do that in more than 30 years. In Washington, Alexandra Limon. Going in depth on this, El Paso is still under a state of emergency after the number of migrant crossings spiked in mid-December, but the numbers have dropped significantly in the past few weeks. Yeah, looking at the numbers here, the week of December 11th, Border Patrol agents there apprehended an average of more than 2,200 migrants every day. At the end of that week, the mayor declaring a state of emergency. The next week saw National Guard troops closing off a popular illegal crossing. And then the numbers started to drop quickly, dropping to around 1,500 per day. Week after Christmas, seeing another decline with a little more than 1,100 migrants apprehended each day. Also, the Supreme Court issued a ruling keeping Title 42 restrictions in place at the border. That's the law allowing authorities to turn migrants away at the border during public health emergencies. The average dropping even more after the new year to around 850 per day through the first five days of January. Back here in Austin, the Public Safety Commission is going to be meeting today and it'll discuss how to keep the city safer. One item on the agenda is the Police Oversight Act. According to Austin Equity, which is a group dedicated to improving Austin, the act would improve transparency and civilian oversight of the Austin Police Department, also give Austin's Office of Police Oversight access to all police records, and end the practices of keeping police personnel records private and allow it to make discipline recommendations. Back in September, the act was not passed by Austin City Council. Instead, it put it on the May 2023 ballot to have voters decide. Today, the commission will discuss and possibly endorse the act. More people from out of state now calling Texas home, which city now has the largest population of new people moving in. And the message a group of parents is sharing after their children died from fentanyl overdoses. 
You may notice more and more people from out of state moving in. Texas has the most new residents moving in, according to recent estimates from the U.S. Census Bureau. More than 470,000 people moved to Texas between July 2021 and July 2022, bumping the state's population to more than 30 million people. The Census Bureau hasn't released 2022 estimates for counties and cities yet, but according to 2021 numbers, Houston is the largest city in Texas with more than 2.2 million residents, followed by San Antonio and Dallas. Austin and Fort Worth round out the top five, each with more than 900,000 residents. Central Texas venue is going to change how it operates. Dripping Springs Dreamland is leaning more into pickleball. Dreamland opened nearly two years ago as an outdoor venue. It has miniature golf, pickleball, and live music. Company announcing last week that pickleball courts and private lessons are still going to be available. However, disc golf, miniature golf, and the bar, they're going to be closing to the public for the time being. In a statement, the company says the closures will improve the customer experience. Plans to open other amenities for their upcoming Dreamland Days and other festivities. The venue will still be hosting booked events and taking reservations for future events. How Pflugerville ISD parents can help with a decision that could potentially close some campuses. The new test this week for the newly elected U.S. House Speaker. Cowboys will play a week from tonight to open the playoffs and tonight... It will be the final game of the college football season. TCU looking for a national title. More on that coming up. Good Monday morning. A new week, fresh start. It is 4.45 this morning on Monday, January 9th. Just one week into 2023 and another Hayes CISD student is dead from a fentanyl overdose. The sheriff's office says it happened on January 2nd. It's been an ongoing battle for the school district. Last year it lost four of its students to overdoses and the news comes as a group of parents is unveiling a fentanyl awareness billboard in Kyle. That happened over the weekend. KXAN Sarah Alshay shares their message. Driving on I-35 in Kyle, heading north, stands this billboard. It was really emotional to see it, you know? But I'm super proud. It shows three Hay CISD students who died from fentanyl overdoses this past year. The people behind getting this billboard up, their parents. I want people to know that this is out there. This is a real thing. The idea originally came from Janelle Rodriguez. She lost her son Noah to a fentanyl overdose in August of 2022. Have these boys' faces up there. These kids can see, like, you know, this is this is real life. Like, my friend is gone. Shannon and Darren McConville were completely on board. Their son, Kevin, died just a few weeks before Noah. Millions of people drive this this freeway every day, and, and the more information we get out there to the public, to our community, then hopefully we could all rally together and, and try to stop this. This billboard comes at a time when overdoses in Hayes County continue. Most recently, on January 2nd, Deputy Anthony Hippolito says Hayes CISD lost yet another student to fentanyl. To start the new year, we, we've already, we have a student from Hayes CISD who um, unfortunately did uh, succumb to a fentanyl-related uh, poisoning. It's news Rodriguez says hit her hard, but it also pushes her and others to continue raising their voices. It just makes me want to fight even harder. I will do whatever I have to to let these kids know, like, this stuff is, is, is no joke. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. 
The Hayes County Sheriff's Office reported a total of 37 fentanyl overdoses in 2022. 14 of them involved juveniles ranging from 13 to 17 years old. Georgetown ISD is hosting a presentation on the dangers of drug addiction tonight, focusing on its impact specifically on teenagers. This event is tonight at 6.30 at the Hammerlin Center for Leadership and Learning. Major changes could be coming to Pflugerville schools. The school board wants to hear from parents as it tries to balance attendance through the district. The problem though is enrollment is really declining in some areas, growing rapidly in others. The district laid out a series of proposals to adjust, including the possibility of closing some elementary campuses. This week and next, it's holding several community meetings. First tour tonight, there's going to be separate presentations at Dessa Elementary School and at Hendrickson High School. There are 10 meetings total, with the last wrapping up January 18th. KXN is sitting down with the people in charge of your children's education. We're talking staffing, health and safety, any other concerns. You can catch our superintendent series debuting this week here on KXAN News Today. A special celebration, a century in the making took place this weekend. Friends, family, longtime church members <laughs> sang the praises of Izanetta Overton Bryant, who celebrated her 100th birthday yesterday. Bryant was born and raised right here in Austin. She worked for an insurance company and later for Travis County and has been a member of the St. James Missionary Baptist Church for more than 70 years. Bryant credits her longevity to uh, the way she was raised by her parents to serve God and love others. I don't see well anymore. I don't hear well anymore. But I still love everybody. I love people. She still loves That's well. Incredible. Bryant has, get this, four children, 15 grandchildren, several great and great great grandchildren. She even wow. has a great 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 grandchild. Woo! 100 That's years young. Yes. Hats off. Happy birthday. I love that. Can't see well, can't hear well, but she still loves. That, <laughs> yeah. Those are words to live exactly. by for sure. Let me show you what's going on with your Monday forecast. I'm going to start big picture here. A little bit of cloud cover, not a whole lot of rain. And I don't think we're going to see anything meaningful today. Maybe we get a little sprinkle out of some of those clouds, but it will not be anything that I'm going to worry about. And I don't think you should either. Temperatures are chilly this morning. We're down to 47. Seven in Bastrop, 45 here in the city, 38 Fredericksburg, 40 in Lampasas. So widespread 30s and 40s, warranting a jacket to start. We're a good 5 to 15 degrees cooler this morning. However, our afternoon temperatures will be really nice. I mean, we go from those 40s to the 60s by lunchtime. Forecast high today, 70 degrees, mainly cloudy skies clearing through the day. We've got a good amount of sunshine once we get past the lunch hour. Not a bad uh, afternoon by any means. So definitely get outside and enjoy it. I'll show you your afternoon highs area wide. You're noticing more 60s east of I-35. This is where we'll probably see that cloud cover hang on a little longer, but mid to upper 70s in the hill country. So nice. I mean, 
it's hard to remember that we're in January, right? When we're talking this kind of warmth. The clouds, like I said, are not going to be here all day. A lot of this is just high clouds too, those cirrus clouds that you can see through. So it's not going to be a gray overcast kind of yucky day like what we had on Saturday. Not, not that kind of day. Sunshine and mainly clear skies as we go to bed tonight. Let's talk about when we can expect a little change in our weather because today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, morning clouds, afternoon sun. That'll be the trend. Now, as we approach the later part of Wednesday, I'm talking Wednesday night, cold front comes diving in from the northwest. A lot of this will come overnight into early Thursday morning. Could see a couple of little spot showers firing up along that uh, cold front here. Maybe an isolated storm as well, but it's quick. It's in and it's out. By Thursday afternoon, this thing is gone. Not expecting a whole lot in the way of meaningful rainfall out of that, though. So it'll be something we'll be watching for. As far as that seven-day forecast goes, I've got it to the 70s today. How about 80s tomorrow? Really warm leading up to that front. 80 Tuesday, 81 on Wednesday. We will get breezy to windy conditions out of that cold front. And very little, if any, rain. Temperatures will drop from the 80s to the 60s. We'll hold on to those 60s to start the weekend. But we will be watching for maybe a few patches of fog here and there. Not only Tuesday morning, but maybe even again Wednesday morning. And of course, we'll be here tracking that for you. This is KXAN Sports brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. One week from tonight, Cowboys and Buccaneers. First round of the NFL playoffs. Cowboys lose on Sunday, but it didn't matter because Philadelphia won. So the Cowboys, the five seed against the NFC South champion Buccaneers. Meantime, the Texans win on Sunday and then fire Lovey Smith after one season as their head coach. College football season comes to an end tonight in LA and TCU will try to complete the dream season. Horn Frogs playing for the Big 12's first national title and the state of Texas's first national title since of course Texas won at 2005. Georgia going for back-to-back -back titles. Heavy favorites in tonight's matchup. It's been a heck of a journey for these players. I've been really proud of the way they've handled everything. It's a humble group. Uh, they know how blessed they are to, to get a chance to, uh, to go to TCU and to play football at TCU and represent uh, the Big 12 uh, here in the national championship game. So it'll be a big challenge for us. We know that. I promise you there's no greater pressure on any sport than there is on college athletics, especially for uh, major college football programs. And I don't think Coach Dykes or myself would be in this business if we weren't used to pressure. Yeah, Georgia trying to do what Alabama did in 2011-2012 with the back-to-back -back titles. Meantime, Austin FC, they hit the practice field today at St. David's Performance Center as they begin training for the upcoming season that opens in late February at Q2 Stadium. Back to you. Nearly one million people in the United States are living with Parkinson's disease. Patients are typically given medications or even surgery, but some doctors are adding another prescription, boxing. NBC's Alshay Sayel spoke to some members at Rocksteady Boxing Gym about how it's helping them. Come on, hit it hard. Throw some of those low power punches. Yeah. Lone Tanning, diagnosed with Parkinson's disease one year ago, has found new hope in an unexpected therapy. Boxing. The favorite, my favorite segment of the class. The punching, the actual punching away on the bag. It's symbolic, you know, this is how you have to fight. Parkinson, you have to on, just guys, really get strong got. and punch it away from you. Rocksteady Boxing, a nonprofit organization, has developed a non-contact boxing curriculum for Parkinson's patients around the world. 
sometimes I'll just say, when I say left, throw a left uppercut. When I say right, throw a right uppercut. And I'll say left, left, right. And, and try and like, uh, try to change it up so that it's challenging them. Every week, Lone is joined by fellow Parkinson's patient, Greg Dimitrio, who says he has kept the disease from progressing, one punch at a time. What about your life outside of here? I mean, how has your life changed as a result of coming here? Pretty much I feel that I've plateaued. I have not degenerated. The agility, the balance, the speed, the power that you have to incorporate into all these different exercises are major league helpful. Small studies have found that boxing can help reduce falls and improve walking speed and endurance in Parkinson's patients. It can also boost their mood. In fact, a majority of Rocksteady boxers surveyed said that undergoing the Rocksteady curriculum helped improve their social lives, fatigue, depression, and anxiety. The, the thing that I do see the most is benefit in non-motor symptoms. They feel that they have a better social life because they have people that they can connect to. Um, they feel less anxious. They feel less depressed because of that, because they, they essentially have made friends and other friends that have Parkinson's disease. These classes making an impact. I found um, beyond a sense of community, I found camaraderie. I found caring. Um, I found that, you know, it, it's just so good to know you're not the only one. So far, Rocksteady Boxing has found its way to over 40,000 boxers across 14 countries battling Parkinson's disease. For these patients, every day, a new chance to fight. Are, are you concerned there's a day might come where you may not be able to do this anymore? Uh, yes, it scares the hell out of me. And I'm going to fight against that as hard as I possibly can. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.